everyone, welcome to Animation Nation. I am your host, Primetime here, here for the latest news around animation and pop culture. Hopefully, everyone's having a wonderful day, no matter where, where you are around the world. Let's get started with your daily news. However, on second thought, before we get started on our first, um, our first uh, coverage, I just want to let you know that what I'm about to tell you is just allegations and speculations. And and what we heard so far for the past few days is still needs to be true that it's true that it's um, factual and is actual evidence to see if that backs up the um, what I want to tell you so far. So this came from Twitter and I discovered this like three days ago, where apparently one of the background artists for Hasbro Hotel. By the name of Aaron Frost, who on he went on a, a some type of Tumblr thread, which someone was able to just screenshot to his response with the process while working with uh, Vizipop, the creator for Hasbro Hotel and Hello Boss, which he mentioned in a quote, which the or the thread mentioned saying that so recently an ex member of Hello Boss and Hello Boss uh, named Aaron Frost came out and spoke about. Their horrible time working on the show, Vivi, or Viv, aka Vizipop, apparently is the worst than we could ever have ever imagined. I knew she was bad, but this is gross, according to the thread. It's an upsetting that she over- overworks her crew so much that, she- that some of her falling out of-, of falling out of love with her passion of animation. Aaron didn't get fired either; they just quit. So it must have been a horrible experience. The truth always comes to light, and I would, and I wouldn't be surprised if any of the few of the crew were able to spoke able to spoke up. I could smell a huge scandal within the near future, and I don't think we'll be talking about the projects for much longer. I just want, you know, I just want people to see this this kind of stuff always get swept up on the rug. Um, Aaron Frost made a post saying, and I quote, "Hey." been pretty quiet for for a while because working for Hello Boss fucked up my, my mental health so badly I've been I've been giving up on animation entirely haven't been able to draw for the last year or so since I quit Vivian Medrano is an awful human being and then here goes the ongoing thread that he explained his situation like I said before it is currently an allegation it is currently whether it has to be admitted that it be true or false, we just have to have more evidence to back it up and more people to speak up. So this will give the coverage why the whole thing, the whole thing it is that happened a couple, couple days ago. So here it is. First, Frost mentions in his first paragraph saying, "I'm honestly touched to see so many supportive messages. For a long time, I never spoke up because I was afraid of what." I'm afraid what if would do to my career projects or perspective but the longer my burnout lasted the more it was clear that I just didn't have a future of animation not if it meant overworking myself to the breaking point maybe I'll be on the next paragraph maybe I'll be back to work on indie projects one day but Sprindle Horse the company owned by Zipop was just such a toxic experience I'm not sure that will be anytime soon. 
I struggle even to draw things for myself. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a while before I'm ready to ready to try and monetize something I'm passionate about by selling my creative labor to others. Next paragraph. It's not just that Viv demand unreasonable, unreasonable tight deadlines when she even gives us deadlines, but she is also demanded our loyalty as employees. We weren't allowed to speak positively about other shows, especially not other indie projects. We weren't really allowed to work on other indie projects either. It was frowned on. It was frowned on or frowned upon. Next paragraph. This one kind of gets me. What you say? I remember one time Viv got us, got all of us on Discord group call and streamed a crossover episode with Villainous and other and another CN show which I'm assuming is uh, Victor Valentino they had a crossover with Villainous just letting you, just letting you add that to it um, she encouraged everyone to make fun of it and tear apart every flaw every little flaw um, she would also speak poorly of other creators indie or otherwise I distinctly remember remember that she mentioning that now, it was supposedly quotations utter hell to work with Dana Terrace of the of the creator of the Owl House. It needs to be yet to be proven that if it's factual or not, but this is just basically some type of speculation. We're not sure if it's exactly true or not, just saying. Um continue. Um it has been deeply toxic all around, not just the way the animation and design work was done that being highly disorganized and unprofessional, but also the culture. When I first joined the studio, it felt like Viv treated me as an equal, and I'm sure it felt that way for a lot of people, or a lot of us. But gradually, inherited the hierarchy, hierarchy came into place. Viv had her favorites, the people who flattered her, and rarely if ever showed interest in anything else that wasn't been boss or executives of sorts, her close friends and favorites. Um, let's see. He continues by writing, "There's a, there's Sam Miller who, I believe is or at least was, listed in the credits as background designer lead, or something that something to the uh, the effects and." Is essentially Viv's gal Friday. I'm presuming is her gal pal. She was she was very often considered to be the de facto leader of Viv's absence. She was pretty nice in the beginning, but as time went on, she became more and more rude and abusive towards the artists. It was actually an interaction with Sam Miller that finally caused me to quit. Viv had made herself uh, pretty untouchable, and were and we were meant to go through Sam, at least for the background artists, if we had a question for Viv. Um, next little two sentences. I'm not going to go into detail on the last interaction with with her, but it was Sam's treatment that affected most of us who had issues with the project. We, bar- we barely interacted with Viv anymore. Next paragraph. As far as we we were aware, she was spending more and more time rumbling, rubbing elbows with the increasingly expensive voice talents. That's likely where where most of the budget goes. 
merchandising and paying for more paying for name brand voice talents like Norman like Norman Reedus. Viv, Viv herself insisted that she wanted to a role of Fizzaroli to go to go to Weird Al, but Yankovic's agent rejected the offer on his behalf. I can't imagine that he comes cheap. Yeah, the, the man doesn't come cheap. I'll tell you that. From what I figure, once the first episode of Hello Boss went live, Viv insisted to upload a new episode every one to two months. Things got progressively worse. She had little to no sympathy for those who of us who needed day jobs to support ourselves. She wanted us to have the turnout of a brick and mortar studio with none with none of the organization's professionalism or employee benefits. Next paragraph. I was working between 30 to 40 hours a week at Starbucks because I had bills slash loans to pay. I had once pulled all a, a all-nighter to try and meet a deadline which was only given out when I asked for one. And which turned out to be the less than a week away, I stayed up all night to meet the deadline. And then went, and then went immediately to the show. The shift at Starbucks. The lack of the lack of appreciation was so crushing. That's how I describe working at VZ. Crushing. This is the last one. Um, I looked up to her. That's why I. That's why I appealed to her to appeal to the show. I was one of the people who defended her when people tried to call her out of her toxicity. And when the reality of it was that Viv was Viv. Uses the, uses the people who admire her to her advantage. It's why she hires fans. She knows that we're desperate for her approval, and so she knows she can get away with, with pretty much every, pretty much everything or whatever she wanted. After I left Sprindlehorse, I tried salvaging my career, but it was just too exhausting. I'm just feeling the feeling that burnout. And at times, it feels like I might never gonna get back, get my art back. I know how, I know I will, but in someone who struggled with mental illness, even before working on Hell of a Boss, it just kind of wrecked me to f- to have me finally made it, quote unquote, with with my animation career, only for only for that to interrupt with blow up into my face because if some because if someone I had looked up to. This is a interesting. Um, I'll, I'll talk to you more once this ends. I know I'm I'm not the only one who f- who f- who left feeling this way. Indeed, another friend of mine struggled to get work after leaving after leaving Sprindlehorse because Viv allegedly threatened other creators not to hire her artists. I can't verify myself, so you just have to you just have to decide for yourself if you gotta believe that one. Personally, I do. And while speaking about Viv, with the production of the other indie works, and and now and who know and who knows works on for Bento Box, describe the time she met Viv, Viv at a convention. As she recalls, Viv seemed to to find the idea of investing her artists and careers pointless and laughable. I generally f- feel used, and that we were all used. It's all it's all been over a year since I was quiet, so I so things have changed or improved. I highly doubt it. 
though. Um, so that was the end of the uh, the whole the whole um, uh, the whole essay, the whole thing that with the um, background artist mentioned. Um, first off, um, there's an old saying goes, and everyone should already know this already. I mean, some people usually don't do don't learn this one, but it kind of is useful. Is an old saying goes saying that don't meet your don't meet your heroes. Don't, don't meet your heroes because sometimes you never know what they're going to act like at the reality itself they may seem they may seem looking good and professional at one point but if you see them in reality sense over time they tend to go to an uh, extreme by extreme I mean they tend to um, give you an expectation that you didn't expect them they may be feeling grumpy they may be feeling angry they may be feeling sad or something like that they kind of pressure you to feel that the change of mind of what they feel at the end of the day they're 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 human beings, honestly, and they, they have feelings like us. They're not like these gods that makes that makes like your whole entire stuff for you. I'm just saying, just don't meet your heroes at that point, because it kind of changes your perspective on them entirely. Aside from that, um, again, this was just allegations. We just need to see more and more um, people to speak up about it. There's a Twitter user who says that he got a lot of replies from other people who worked in the production and telling this person to not speak up at the moment for whatever knows reason and it kind of frustrates people to see what these employees have to say because it's understandable because if you speak out against them according to what the um, background Aaron Frost mentioned is that that um a friend of Aaron basically just basically just got like blacklisted because Vizzy was talking um, was making rumors to other to other uh, creators saying that hey don't hire my artist because you do this and that this and that and um, that's kind of mean that's, that's kind of mean but and it's understandable if it, it comes to like other artists doing some shady stuff in your company but but other times um you, you just have to like don't be a just don't be an ass of it, of it, honestly. And the thing that kind of struck me the most is the part where you literally called your employees on a Discord call and you made fun of show creators, you made fun of episodes. That the one I mentioned before was basically the console of villainous and Victor Valentino. And you criticized the episode for its flaws. And look, Look, I've grown, I've grown, I used to be that person who criticized shows with their flaws and all that stuff. And that was me. I'll be honest with you, that was me. Then time, time goes by and I learned all the stuff from hands-on experience with animation when making myself on my own with other teachers who were been in the industry, what they taught me with their experience. It gave me this change that despite the content what it is you have to keep in mind that that at the end of the day there are people who worked on this production they and they worked their hardest what they can so far this stuff isn't easy you have to deal with crunch time and deal with deadlines you have to deal with you know, the prs you have to deal with the executives and you have to deal with changes to the episode that with the characters that back on the voices and everything else 
it's a lot of work and just and Vivzi should should know about this stuff you're literally working on your on hell of a boss you, sh you should be a slightly compared to the animation production and just that the animation production compared to yours yours is more looser than the ones in television or in a professional field and look I don't think you should criticize other creators unless it's really 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 rude of them what they created and you have to just give at least a some sort of professional criticism you know they should have done this they should have done that the, I see them see right there you know right there, right there but it's interesting but if you're just gonna point and laugh at what they create it's just basically a fucking stab in the heart for these people who create this episode, this create this content, and it's kind of a dick move, honestly, and and I really don't appreciate that. And, and you are claiming that working for Diana Terrace, who created the Owl House, is hell to work with. I, I need to see some evidence. I need to see some evidence, or I need to see other people who worked on the show, their perspective on working, working with her, and <clears throat> obviously. She just either just like has some like theories or rumors going around. She just believe it. No, 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 no. You have to provide me evidence first, or provide at least Aaron evidence first that supposedly is working hell on there. Unless you work under her, you experience yourself working under her with episodes. You can tell us about it. But we still need the evidence because of, because if that's true or not. Another thing that I wanted to talk about is the, the crunch time where where Aaron Frost mentioned that the crew has the crew has at least crunch time for every new episode at least one to two months. Given the length of these episodes, these episodes is more than 10, 10 minutes. I don't think that's a possibility of that of that such. Especially when you, especially with the quality of the animation you provided with Hell of a Boss is high quality, but at the same time the animation tends to be a, a bit choppy at times. I'm just saying, okay? And I don't blame the animators. I don't blame the artists. Because of the crunch time, it makes them feel underwhelmed and burnout. Like, like, like what the background artist mentioned before in the post. And... The thing is, is that what thing is, is that the one thing that really also struck me first is that the amount of work that Aaron has to go with, thirty to forty hours working on Starbucks and working on this little side project with Vivzy Pop, and she demanded, she demanded Aaron to just like work through the bone and no breaks and no anything else. Yeah, you're crushing the person's spirit, my friend. You're crushing, you're crushing your background as a spirit. I'm just saying, if this turns out to be true, then you're a horrible creator. I'm just admitting it from what I'm what I'm hearing so far with with um, with Aaron Frost. You're basically a horrible creator. In fact, not a horrible creator, a horrible leader. And you know, leaders. Despite them have to, you know, be in charge of the crew, the crew itself needs to know that you're, if you're, um, you know, capable, and you're able to just like, you know, 
helped your helped your crew as much as possible to be productive and not just forcefully um, forcefully going through this big crunch that kind of affects their mental health because right now we're living in a time where mental health affects almost anything almost especially when it's working on the animation production it is hell and from what I heard so far with my teachers and other people within the field you have to keep in mind about that and plus look Vivzi, if you hear me or whatever, if this turns out to be true or, you're, or something like this, just I'm just saying, just keep in mind. Like, imagine you're in that position. Like, you're artists. Because I know for a fact, that you imagine you used to be, you used to be those artists who rise and grind, who did everything for a lot of a lot of time before you created Hello Boss, before you created Hasman Hotel, you used to work on these most impressive um, videos you've done so far in the past. And imagine, imagine you're yourself in the past. You didn't have all this money or whatever. You realize that the amount of work and the amount of effort you put in your animation, and you upload it onto YouTube with your music videos, with your test animations, or whatever. Imagine that. But this time with your with your with your crew that's how they're feeling that's what they're going through they're going through the same pain as you went through back then it's just that right now you just you you kind of got out of touch a little bit okay or maybe a lot who knows you kind of got out of touch you have to understand them you have to at least understand what these people are going through without understanding you basically don't have the general need to feel how these people are feeling. And that would make this a good leader to understand what your crew is going through. No matter if you work on any other production or any team, any, any sort of team, no matter what you're working on, if you're working, if you're a leader of a team of no matter what it is, you have to understand your crew and what they're doing so far. And you have to provide them as much as possible to make them sure they feel secure to make them feel confident to be there for them because they want your trust because they want to still to aspire you they want to know that if you're able if you're a good leader to them and so they're able to just have this great quality experience to maybe talk to their future employers of how much you love working on your show and that's what you get out of working as a leader Sorry about the folks have to go through like a there was an emergency going on so far with them, a few of my family members. Uh, back to the situation at hand. Yeah, um, you have to be a good leader, the good leader who understands the crew bit by bit from all stuff. Look, for me, for example, when I when I first started my second year of animation, they want me to create a one minute, one a, a one to two minute trailer, basically. All by myself. I had to do the animation. I had to do the, had to do the character designs. I had to do the background art. I had to do, they had to do the storyboards. I had to do the scripts. And good thing the school was able to provide me to voice act with other the school's voice actors. And I had to do the editing as well, and find other bits and pieces to fit the um, the sequence, to fit the whole animation production. It was just me by myself and with the help of my teacher. 
And I talked to my teacher about this. Like, is this even worth it? He told me that it may seem that it's very overwhelming, but this is a good opportunity because you get to understand how each of the production crew are doing so far. Like, if you're doing an, you're doing the animation portion of what you're doing, you're in you're in the shoes of the animator. If you're doing the background art, you're in the shoes of the background artist. If you're doing the uh, the editing, you're in, you're in the shoes of an editor. If you're doing the um, the storyboards, you're in the shoes of the, you're in the shoes of the storyboard artist. I'm getting wearing all these hats to at least experience bit by bit of what these people are going through when making this production. And so I have this sort of knowledge, at least what it gets so far, to understand these people. And to know to work our way around and how to collaborate with these people, honestly. And that's how that's how that's how good creators come to be. They understand what each of the elements of these of the um, of the production crew goes through, honestly. And that kind of makes a good leader. But what I hear so far with this allegation with Vizzy Pop, she seems to kind of throw away the philosophy of what she did in the past. I'm assuming giving them crunch time and having to work for more than like 30 to 40 hours but even though it's from Starbucks but if you're gonna if you're gonna inflict them with their late daily life of paying bills or loans or insurance or whatever then you're basically affecting their daily lives for the worst and keep in mind this is basically a side project of theirs this is not like their major stuff doing this they have other stuff they do like they pay their, I, I bet I bet that with Aaron Frost, I bet that that the um, I bet Aaron didn't get paid much with has with husband not husband with hell of a boss, and just have like another side gig of with Starbucks Brista. And I'm also questioning that if they paid them well. And honestly, I don't know. But from what I heard so far from this background artist, it doesn't seem so as far as I could tell. And um. And and using your spending on, on, you know, making merchandise and paying for like up, paying for like high talented voice voice actors. Um, if you're gonna work independently, then that's gonna be a bit of a problem, cause don't you want to pay the budget you've been given to like the animation production, make the make the uh, animators get paid well, make or the other people get paid well. Um, upgrade the office, upgrade the equipment, or paying for, or being, or buying like a big studio or something like that. Instead of just focusing more on just like give me, give me like give me a, a Will L, give me a Will L Yankovic, give me I don't know for example, give me a, give me a Rob Paulson, give me Steve, give me a, give me a what's his name Steve Blum, give me give me fucking. Uh, Give me any, give me Tara Strong or whatever, any higher up voice actors, and even though they're famous, you gotta pay them well, cause these guys are legends. Or, or give me Jim Cummings or whatever. These artists don't come out as such for the cheap. They've been in the industry for quite much longer than you are. Viv. I'm just saying, and you have to realize that with that or Phil Lamar, basically another good one. If no matter what, you have to pay these actors. What the what the oh the net worth and they pay one of the most phenomenal roles ever in animation history. So 
at least pay a few actors that seem really good but come off of a cheap like at least like an indie person who's willing to voice act for your for your stuff and at the same time don't try to abuse your fan artists to take advantage of your production and try to say hey we're gonna work at Head of the Boss or whatever and no 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 you're just gonna you know do your promises you'll be healthy working and next thing you know you kind of double crossed him and seen what the truth that you are but this is just allegations so far and you know I don't want to throw Vizzy out of the bus even though she kind of had a lot of allegations I tend to like either just ignore or just take it with a grain of salt so far because sometimes people like to like throw negatives at Vivzy because what she did in the past and this one's kind of stuck to me because I'm seeing an eye the eyes of the person who worked under you and for what I could tell from this person off the bat from what you did is you completely crushed their mind you crushed all their hopes and dreams you literally gave them the, the worst burnout from what I could tell from another person and they just don't want to do art anymore because of you. And don't want to do they don't want to do animation and become a crew and need production because of you. I'm just saying from what I heard. That is the worst thing you could do as a leader. Is to bring your crew the most worst experience that you provide. Especially with your gal pal Sam, who seems to tend to be the um, the the benefactor of your absence and tends to be more rude and the thing is is that you have to be a good leader at times you know for me I know I'm starting out in the business I know I I'm I'm just like you know basically level one or level three or five or whatever and I always ask myself that if I ever created a show I'm in charge of a production team I I have to at least get like some experience with other creators and how they treat their employees to get some benefactors to get like at least at least some type of like experience to see how they treat their employees and their crewmates because at the end of the day you're all in this together so to speak and so you know i'm you know i still study to become a leader honestly to be in charge of a crew and you have to have some, at least some benefactors, at least some reasonable stuff. And to just balance things when it comes to production and the crew's mental health. And to be, just to be the captain of the ship and be the best captain as ever was. Not the best was, but at least do what you can to make sure you give like a big impact to your crew. Because the more you love them, the more they love you back. And you have to show them that you care about the crew and you care about them. And you then you want to know if they're feeling better or not. You have to show your 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 authenticity or something like that. Where you want to show the one I'm trying to get at is that you want to give them a big impact, a big positive impact, and not just just throw them out on the bus and just say, "Hey, work for me or whatever." Do and you have lives now? You have the crunch for this episode or whatever, and you just sit on your desk with a light of cigarette or just drink a, or have a drink of martini or wine or whatever. I don't think it's a good. I don't think it's a good. I'm just saying. I don't think it's a good example. You're just gonna leave your stuff to them, and if you hardly even just put hands on deck on your own projects or whatever, you know. 
and and for the fact that you had you hardly touch within your employer with your employees that is a big no because I know a lot of people a lot of bosses don't do this but this is a very good thing with bosses I see them do and according I, I also have boss I have a boss who also does this as well which props to him which if you gotta if you gotta um, understand your crew actually meet actually meet them physically honestly and just you know help out a little bit too much you get to like a better understanding of them you know get some one-on-one contact or at least just like not like personal but like at least get some like like in touch with in touch with, with the crewmates and like you're basically like a leader instead of just like like oh, I'm just gonna send my friend to deal with them while I just sit back and just work on the show or whatever without even meeting them or hardly meeting them once in a while or whatever through this quarter or such. Just, just, just be, just be much active with your, with your employees as possible, because it, it shows them that you actually care about them. All right, that's the that's what I have to say. The number one rule is that actually meet with your, with your team more often. Honestly, and I know these are just allegations. I know these are just stuff where I heard so far, but. If this turns out to be true, from what I heard, if there's if there's any other artists who worked on Hasbro Hotel or I mean Hello Boss or whatever, then you you kind of lost you kind of lost my hope on independent animation because from what I heard so far, you've become the most toxic person I ever seen from what I could tell and you know you kind of kind of broke me honestly and because I look up to you when it comes to doing stuff on your own without any any help with any company except from except from A24 but you know who basically the rebel who started this revolution of independent animation you and uh, and me Canyon as well but what I see so far with you with Z from this stuff gives you more and more reasons why we should have unions to regulate people like you and your colleagues to don't abuse your employees and anyone else because if that happens then you're just going to leave a bad impact to them you know at that point maybe if this turns out to be true you need to be unionized as possible I'm just saying at, that, at this point in time with you with Vivzi or whatever I'm just going to leave this as a minimum where okay I'm just going to basically like I did with the senior understanding back then where it turns out all the toxicity I'm gonna stay within my boundaries. Um, like in the production too, don't be, don't be just go praising, praising, oh, Vizzy Pop's the Holy Lord. She is the, the great messiah, the, the one that you, you know, you just like bow down to her, whatever. No, just keep your distance in a lot of this stuff. Cause other right now, it's just getting ridiculous so far. So hopefully, hopefully something comes out of it. Hopefully Vizzy Pop able to just make a statement about this stuff. I, I know she hardly does it. I know she never does with this stuff, but you never know, because this kind of affects the production team and how people see that. I know people are defending her for that. That's understandable. It's just allegations. Just keep in mind. Just don't give her like praises or whatever. No, woohoo, whatever. You're gonna be like a big simp. Just, just keep your boundaries. You know, just keep your distance. Keep your boundaries, and just keep yourself like at least like a professional and re- and responsible way. Senators just training anyone, anyone you look up to as like a big messiah. You know what I mean? 
Just keep your boundaries. Now, now our next story for today comes from apparently from the collider.com that apparently apparently Netflix has made an interesting deal with the um, with a storytime animator by the name of the odd ones out who um, who announces that they're going to make a a exclusive Netflix show for for the storytime creator so apparently um, apparently the show is going to be called the oddball series quote-unquote which the new sh- which according to the new video announcement released today including the rundown of the creative process behind the new show gave fans an insight into the recent going on behind the scenes of the odd ones out well Railson, the person who in charge of the odd ones out also detailed the creative process behind the upcoming netflix series which is, has been completed and rolled remotely thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic. The addition to the announcement of Rawson teased the same, the, some first look of the clips at the new show to be released on the upcoming con appearance, appearances, one of which is the upcoming VidCon, to take place in Anaheim upcoming weekend, with Rawson will reveal the clip of the new series in June 25th, 2022, and as I'm recording this, it's it, 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 it's today, apparently, yeah. I don't know when the truth is going to come out, but I'm hopefully going to give a perspective on that. But as a tease, Rawson also showed a teensy tiny clip of the series at the tail end of his announcement. The clip shows two characters, a bubble boy and a crocodile friend, climbing out of the trailer and, and pitched the top of the cactus before the trailer expo- explodes. The Audibles, which tells the story of James, a bubble-shaped boy, who goes on comedic rants regarding the minute everyday annoyances. Basically, almost almost any almost any Osborne's out video. I'm just saying. He joined his crocodile friend Max and a girl who claim who claims to be a plucked from a feature frame Echo. James and his friends will plot will plot ridiculous schemes and often results in the disasters. This new collaboration between Netflix and establishing online talent may be exactly what these streaming services needed needs to boot to order to boost its subscription rate. After a disappointing first quarter, Rollins brings with them a, to the streaming service and are an already dedicated audience established the brand identity. And the new series will no doubtably inspire a few people to log back into the giant streaming service. We'll look at the trailer a little bit teensy tiny bit what he um, announced honestly and turns out to be interesting so far what I could tell. Obviously not gonna put any audio because don't copyright strike from Netflix or whatever from from the podcast. You never know. You never know. And I'm following some place according to their rules. Apparently the quality of the animation so far from this clip seems like uh, you know like an like a ordinary island uh, Odds ones out video with a slightly increased editing performance, but for me, it just seems what it looks like is just looks like just a typical odd ones out video. From what I could tell, 
Do a slight editing. Yeah, this is a typical Elvis video. Slightly, just a few edits and slightly bit of animation. Just that. Now, to be honest, I I hardly watch Storytime animators because sometimes it's just like you know, it's a situation where like. Like oh this is this is me what happens when I'm in school or this is what happens when I was a kid this is what happens when I was you know eating vegetables or whatever this happens when I went to a convention or whatever some of them are reasonable and, and you know worth watching but at times there's gonna be a few videos where it kind of gets ridiculous and just outright just kind of stupid you know the stuff like this is what happens at high school this is what happens at high school like okay. Everyone experienced that in high school. It's what you experienced. But I'm just saying. Well, this comes out. Well, I don't think. I don't know when it's going to come out. I don't know. But at the same time. What I'm just saying is that. It's just weird that. um, Netflix has this like. You know, so that's this philosophy where, like, they'll put in stuff to anything. No matter what they hire. And they kind of they kind of learn that lesson a little bit. But at the same time, you have to understand, Netflix is going to, like, another big resurgence ever since they lost, like, 200,000 subscribers in the first quarter of the year. And they have to find, and they take out other budget cuts, and they take out other stuff that seems meaningless, and then they're to focus them on like big, bigger projects. And apparently, the bigger projects they're working on as of right now is uh, uh, the odd, the odd ones out series, odd balls, and whatever. Would I watch it? Honestly, maybe a few episodes to see how it, how it's gonna turn out. Honestly, is this, is this good for for Netflix? I don't know. I don't have the the the. Um, the show hasn't come out yet. I had to judge it on that to see if this is in the good route or not. Because there has been times where Netflix kind of... Other TV services where they brought in like internet celebrities to have their own shows. And it ter- it usually turns out to be cringy. It tends to turn on cringy, not gonna lie. And it usually just falls flat. And then, you know, the creator goes back to their, you know, go back to YouTube or whatever they where they came from and just make videos there instead of just focusing on their series with their companies. It tends to turn out to be cringy. With this one, with an animated one, I don't know, but hopefully we'll see what it comes out with oddballs, what I could tell with, um, with James. And, um,. We just have to wait and see so far. From the looks of it, it seems okay. You know, typical odd ones video, what I see so far, but hopefully it gets the fans, you know, riled up to see what what he has to provide with this content, this exclusive deal with Netflix. And keep in mind, he worked on this since the pandemic, so it gives him more advantages to work with them while well, being in a physical studio. So hopefully this turns out to be great. And I'm really excited for what they provided so far because it's something new and you know you never know what's gonna happen if it turns out to be good or bad or whatever we just have to wait and see so far with the Arlons out stuff so yeah now our last story for today 
comes from IGN.com that the new latest game that just came out yesterday, <clears throat> I mean two days ago, Sonic Origins. One of its developers described it as a very unhappy with the current state of the of the remastered collection. Sonic Origins developer Simon Thumbly has has hit out of the at Sega following a rocky launch of the remastered collection. Thomley, who is the founder of the Headcanon, the co-development studio of Sonic Origins, has taken to Twitter to his, with his frustration, which any other person who takes their frustration towards Twitter, I mean on Twitter, alleges that Sega introduced the wild bugs to the game, which he says that, and I quote, this is frustrating. I won't lie and say that there wasn't, weren't any issues in, in what we have gave to Sega, but what is in Origins is also not what we turn out in. Integration introduced some wild bugs that conventional logic would have would have one believe were our responsibility. A lot of them weren't. Head Cannon previously worked on Sega, who will receive the Sonic Rania game, which is released in 2017. It assisted with Sonic Origins remastering Sonic 3 and Knuckles. For their collection, however, Thomney, who alleges that he and his team essentially worked on a separate project that was then wrenched into something entirely different. We knew going into in, in, we, knew, we knew going into that there would be a major time crunch, and we worked ourselves to the ground to meet it, and just so this would be this would be um, made and released. Again, I can't take responsibility for my and for me and my team. Those are mistakes. <coughs> Sorry, and there were some actual mistakes, some overlooking, and some rush jobs. Some stuff we noticed that we noticed, but weren't allowed to correct near to the end. It's absolutely not perfect, and some of it is made from us. It's complicated. Essentially, Tom Lee states that he and his teammates were unhappy with the state of the game since the release of number, a number of bugs and issues affecting Sonic Origins have been reported by eager fans and overall reception has been already been less than positive and extremely proud of my team for the performances under pressure but every time of us every one of us is very unhappy about the state of Origins and even Sonic 3 component he understands we weren't too thrilled about its submission states and either but a lot was beyond our control. Sonic has been disappointed with the number of bugs such as Tails becoming a stuck off screen on Sonic 2 as well as the practical issues to stand assistance of Sonic getting stuck on a hill or stuck on the hills on um, the hills level. We asked to do the major major fixes near submissions but weren't allowed to do so to submission to use submissions and approval rules. We we asked to we asked about the late earlies and repeatedly but were told they were they weren't possible. We offered to come back to to for the post release fixes and updates. We don't know yet but if this is gonna happen. Um, from what I hear from us so far from this, from what, from what Tommy mentioned, um, 
I would say this is more for the PR executives' fault than there are. Cause they, cause they, cause they know their mistakes. They know they overlooked it, and they plead them to, hey, can you please delete that big more? Because it's we saw we notices a few things within the game that need to be fixing. And Sega was like, looks good to me. No, fuck it, release it. Is there? This is birthday. Excuse me. They know what they're doing, and they gotta fix the issues to make the game better. Fix the issues. Let them give them like an extension. I know there's just just just, just fix it already. And, and just the whole crunch time we've been hearing so far with gaming industries, it's been kind of a hell to talk about, honestly. And and these all these developers are experiencing so far with crunch time. It's just it's just mind-boggling, and and this is like a good example to see that. At times, it's not going to be the developer's fault. At times, it's going to be the executives, the higher-ups, to prevent any of the people who worked on it, giving them permission to at least extend it to fix these issues. And this is the end result. A lot of glitches, like I mentioned a few examples with Tails and Sonic being stuck. This is a major issue. And don't be like one of those, don't be like Cyberpunk. Or their Fallout 76, where they released the game and you know they they haven't been overlooked to see if there's any glitches. No, they'll be like those. They'll be like those people. They'll be like those productions. They'll be like Bethesda or or CD Projekt, wherever they did it. But they had to listen to the um, their shareholders be like, "Hey, release the game. You know, it makes your profits big bigger or whatever." No, no. Take as much time you need to fix this game and just. And make it better instead of basing it on Sonic's anniversary so forth. It would be good, but at the same time, what's more important? Make a better game? Or at least on their birthday? Because when I hear so far from these fans, they're not as very positive as what they tell from this game. Even from the beginning! When the first says you have to buy the extension, the ultimate, to get these stuff. Or if you get it, if you buy the pre-orders, you get these extra stuff. No, 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 no. These are supposed to be in the game. All of it. Don't make it to a tier list. No, no. You're celebrating the Hedgehog's anniversary. What are you gonna do? Release an on, release an unperfect game with a few bugs and glitches. do that don't do that I'm just saying the animation looks pretty good I like it props to them just just fix the game as much as possible I know it has been a good game so far within the past millennium over well, the past um, weeks of June there was and there's a few who are missed but just give Sega if you listen to this or whatever. Just give next time, give the crew more time, especially with your upcoming Sonic Frontiers or some or Sonic whatever. What's it called? The new one that's open world. It looks, it looks empty. <laughs> it looks really empty. It's like if Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild with, with no enemies. It is very shallow. Just, just. 
just to think more, think long enough about your games and just maybe hopefully just turn out to be good. Just think about the development team, what they're going through so far with fixing what they can to make this game as polished as possible. Give them more time. Even extension. Do what the Cuphead crew did. Where despite the, the DLC coming out a few years later, they gave their opinion that hey, as much as we want to release this DLC, we understand that our animators, our programmers, need some time to get steamed off because they'll get overworked and don't want to do this all over again. And that's the thing. Understand your workers and don't over don't overwork them, or else you make the quality of the game or project or product more worse than it should be seemed. Just please learn your lesson and just give them a break, honestly, and let them like enjoy life when it's possible. Have them have them at least get a life. Allow them to get a life. Alright? That's why we're working for your projects. At least give them time to get a life. I know I'm gonna take some shots, but just one last shot. Divzy Pop, take notes. But overall, just just face the game is all we wanted so far, and just you know, just don't work your, just listen to your developer development team and make this game a bit the best Sonic game you ever make, honestly. And hopefully, it turns to be good with like updates and whatever. But. I'm pretty sure they tried to do that, and Sega was like, "Nah, I don't, I don't know, I don't think so." Now, that's it for today's news, everyone. Hope you guys liked today's topic. So far, we have been covering. Make sure you guys follow or subscribe to our podcast and listen to them over there as well. Make sure you guys um, follow our Twitter called Animation Ninety Ten. That's Animation Ninety Ten for more updates over there as well. So. This is Animation Nation. I'm your host, Primetime here. Hopefully, get to see you guys next week or Saturday next week for more details. So, have a wonderful day and stay safe. Goodbye.